0: Welcome to Arms Lang Leadership. Uh, I've got, I'm going to go backward here. Ricky Broomfield, Chris Meredith.
1: Hello. What's up? Hello.
0: And Derek Lorivier.
2: Hi. Derek with a D. Yep. And an L. Lorivier. And everything else is a vowel. It kind of is. Yeah, almost. Yeah. All right.
0: <laughs> That's kind of crazy. French. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we are, uh, we're here and, uh, we are, um, trying to get started, Been talking a little bit, figuring out how to get started when we're starting. So we're having too much fun yeah. to get started. Yeah. So we're here to inspire and encourage the people within arm's length of us so that they can be inspired and encouraged to do the same for those around them. Um, we read, um, apply, share and, uh, or learn apply, share. And, uh, um, we're back. Uh, we're on some of the same books, some of, different books so um, Ricky you want to start I can start what you reading
3: I'm reading uh, how to stop worrying and start living uh, by Dale Carnegie and um, so I, I learned something about myself this morning I in all these books I really I a lot of times I don't enjoy reading them. Like I'll I'll read through <laughs> it and I'll be like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. not really getting anything. But what I discovered is once I can find an idea that I can, that I that I think is compelling yeah. and it's exciting to me, and then I start getting interested in the book. I've been doing this for a while and I didn't realize it. Like I I would just search for an idea in the book. And the one I came up with it, and this book I came up with it, uh, last night. It's really a book about constructive, uh, taking constructive action, action that requires your your mind to be engaged. Mm. And I'm not sure if worry is like the opposite of not being in action, but it's you know it's close, you know, because uh, all through the book it talks about uh, that whenever we're not busy doing something. Uh, that requires our mind. Uh, he used like, you know, like your mind's like a motor. It needs to be under a load. And when it's not under a load, that's when we worry, you know, and just, you know, have all these negative thoughts. Mm. So, <clears throat> um, so I mean really, you know, like that right there, like before I, before I came, I went to Starbucks this morning and just was kind of going through the book and trying to figure out something because I was kind of worried about coming here. Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm have to come here and, and you know, talk about this book that I'm not really enjoying. <laughs> and it just came to me while I was sitting there. I was like, you know, that's that's what I've been doing all along is I just find something that is compelling to me in there. And it's the, uh, the, con- the constructive action, which is, to me, that's like living. You know, whenever you're uh, in action and you are, you know, taking steps towards whatever your, you know, your purpose or your goal or whatever, you know, that's kind of, you know, will get you excited. You know, mm-hmm. that's what, you know, yeah. keep, you know, it gives you energy, you know, to move forward. But, you know, so that was kind of like my, <laughs> that was kind of what I learned and then I, I've been applying that all along, but I hadn't realized it is to, um, like find this kind of a, a kind of like a purpose for the book purpose for me reading the book. Um, and then, um, I, 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 guess the other thing that i came up with that I, that I do apply is, uh, so I've, I've been, uh, fasting, uh, for the past year and, um, I, so I stay busy. That's how, that's how I'm successful with, uh, fasting. Do you, the, you haven't eaten in a year? Yeah, so I was gonna say that's a really long fast. <laughs> uh,
0: I've been busy, <laughs> <I'm> very busy, <laughs> um, um <laughs> just the intermittent <laughs> fasting. <laughs> yeah, thank you for
3: yeah. pointing that out. <laughs> no. uh, just intermittent fasting, you know, yeah. um, like 18-hour fast. Not every day. I'm not successful every day. Uh, some days I get tired of fasting, I eat. <laughs> but that's something that, that works really well is to stay busy doing something, keeping my mind busy with something other than, you know, like eating. Yeah. And, you know, keeping that concern for, you know, so if I sit down, I'm going to want to eat. Or I will eat, I'll probably not be successful, you know, with uh, you know, whatever my time frame is for the fast. But uh, you know, it's kind of
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
3: Yeah, I love that. Uh, good stuff,
1: a lot of stuff there. A lot of meat on that bone. Mm-hmm. Not during <laughs> yeah. eighteen hours of the day. But, yeah. You know. But the, I mean, <laughs> I literally just listened to Rogan yesterday. He was talking about how him and some other comedians they don't eat going up to the time they perform. Like if they're doing oh, yeah. really like a comedian, like a show. Yeah. And they don't eat because they want to be empty and they're sharper and they're clearer. And I've seen a lot of research on how. I mean, it just makes sense, right? Because when you eat, you got blood that has to go down there and work this digestive system. Mm. Mm-hmm. well that's blood that ain't pumping through your head yeah you know or you're using energy at least yeah to, to digest food versus yeah. mm-hmm. you know, thinking using it for your brain power interesting yeah um so, so yeah I, I, and i notice a difference yeah i noticed a clear difference and you were talking about staying busy how many people just sit around eating because they're bored mm-hmm. yeah i mean i do that all the time if i'm at home and i'm not focused in doing work um, I just I wanna go eat something. I just want to stick something, you know, sure. chips, whatever's wow. laying around. Yeah. Unless I lock I put a lock on my pantry, mainly for me. I mean just to yeah. keep just to make it just a little harder, kinda like from atomic habits, make it just a little make that harder. Yeah. To yeah. to go get in there. So yeah. yeah. But I love what you said in the beginning about just finding a purpose for the books. Yeah. That's that's when I get pumped up. That's, I mean, that's the whole reason we're there. We're there to get better to share it with other people to, so they can get
2: better. And um, yeah, that's good. I love it. Yeah. yeah. You know what, Adam, you, well, you know Adam, but yeah. my friend Adam, he, uh, I was just talking to him about fasting the other day and he does his, his own test and his test for whether or not he's going to eat and versus is he hungry or is this mindless snacking mm-hmm. is he says, am I hungry enough to eat an apple? <laughs> and if the answer is no, <laughs> then he doesn't eat anything. That's you know Because I guess he doesn't like apples. <laughs> But then he doesn't eat the, I don't think he eats the apple. <laughs> he eats something else, but, you know, Oh uh, yeah. That's what <laughs> that's hungry enough what, yeah. That's what I tell my kids. Yeah. It's like, well, there's an apple. I don't want that. Well, then you're not hungry. Yeah. 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 It's good I was going to ask how you feel, though, when, you, when you're fasting. Like, you know, like how does that make you feel, like, head-wise, clarity-wise? Oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. good.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and then even when it's, you know, not so good, when I'm struggling, I, I I mean, there's a lot of benefits to fasting. Um Sometimes I feel, I, I felt nausea, you know, from, uh, fasting. Um, but you know, it, I, you know, I, I do get hungry mm-hmm. and I do have to tell myself that it's just going to pass, you know, mm-hmm. this is just, and it always does like, yeah. you know, the hunger pain doesn't, or, or whatever it is, you know, I'm, I just have to tell myself that I just got to weather this little storm right here and then I'm going to, yeah. you know, push on through to. Yeah, you know, to reach eighteen, yeah, I've pushed up to like twenty-four hours. You know, I want to keep pushing further. Just, yeah, you know, again, like fasting, like the book, bu- like the books, find something compelling. Well, fasting just compelling to me. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. just to to do it. Um, but you know, mental clarity is much better. Um, if I don't eat very well, like whenever I break my fast, oh, it'll crash me. I'll just yeah. sit there, and you know, Jennifer will say. You know, what, what's wrong? Hmm. And I'll be like, I think I just ate too many Fig Newtons. Yeah. You know, <laughs> breaking my yeah. Broke my fast and ate, ate Fig Newtons. Yeah. Yeah. Do you take any supplements?
2: Like anything for working out? Like pre-workout or anything like that?
3: No, I've, I've taken pre-workout in the past. Yeah. I'm not really working out right now. but I'm sure. on a fast from working out. So. Yeah.
2: There you go. It's got to fast, apply that to all aspects (laughs) of life. You never know. I was just curious because I take creatine. Um, That's like one of the few supplements I found really actually does help me do better during workouts and helps with like DOMS and stuff. Not this week. This week I'm really sore, but I was asking because when I fast and then I take creatine on a fast, it's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. Okay. Stomach problem. Yeah. yeah it's stum- well, it's really a, the whole digestive package, but yeah, it's a yeah, stomach. Reteen causes <laughs> that no matter if you're fasting or not, yeah. it
1: causes digestive issues. Yeah. I feel
2: like it's better when I'm not okay. fasting. Like if I eat it on a full stomach, it's it seems to like spread out the effect. You know, it's not as much of a gut hit yeah. initially. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Interesting.
0: So when you're when you're fasting, does it help you not worry?
3: Um, nah. yes, I, no, okay, I, yeah. Yes. So, you know, like in the book, like whenever you're you're tired or yeah. you know you don't you don't feel well, like you worry more. So yeah. in those moments that I'm struggling with yeah. the fast, yeah. I think that I tend to worry more. Right. But whenever you know uh, my mental clarity is good mm-hmm. and I'm staying busy, you know I'm not really you sure. know, not worrying at all. Yeah. It just, just kind of depends on, you know. I think it depends on how I feel yeah. during the fast, right? Cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: you said, you know, when you're you struggling with the book, and then you have you found anything else that you've latched onto from the book that just was like, yeah, I could use this?
3: Uh, um. You know uh, really just the um, the constructive you know keeping your you know doing things that engage your mind not mm-hmm. not you know doing something mindless you know is not going to keep you from worrying mm-hmm. you know but doing something that requires some planning and you have to engage your mind mm-hmm. and and I think that even like something compelling, mm-hmm. like compelling I th- yeah. I, you know something that uh, you get excited about. Yeah. You know, I think that that's important.
0: Yeah. Something you're passionate about. Some, Yeah. Something you're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, staying in the present moment, you know, it yeah. talks about a lot of things. You know. Yeah, e- exercise, there's... going outside. Yeah. Um, you know, meeting up with people. Um,
0: yeah. Outside walks can make a big difference. Just seeing a little nature and,
3: yeah. Yeah. And it even goes, uh, so like some things you just, you know, worry about, you know. And so it had a, a list of three things. Um, just, you know, get your facts straight by writing down what you know mm. and what you're worried about. Mm. And then analyze the facts to figure out your options. And then make a decision, stick to it. You know, take It's all about getting to a place of taking action, mm. yeah. you know, to stop worrying yeah. and taking an action. Yeah. You know, it's uh, that's what I really. Yeah, I think it's fascinating about the book. It's about you know, start living is you know when you're in action, that's when you're living. Hmm. You know when you're in action in your life, you know taking action towards Mm -hmm. whatever your purpose is,
2: whatever your goal is, whatever you've got. You know, yeah. So it's got some like actual methods. I'm guessing in the book. Oh, there's a lot of methods to to do that. Like to take action.
0: It's a very much of a how-to book, isn't it? Yeah. Like
3: yeah, his it's rigorous like the what the what he yeah he has a lot of different ways you can approach this it, it's yeah. it's overwhelming yeah you know i, I can't recall everything that yeah in the book that's it's like lot. 10 hour 10 hour uh audio book
0: mm-hmm. is it 10 hours for sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow
3: <laughs> that's a long book yeah wow i didn't, People had much I didn't longer realize it was that long spans yeah. back then
1: <laughs> yeah they do if you're at the y m c a and you got to listen to this guy
2: yeah yeah <laughs> uh
3: something that is cool about the book, something else that I did pick up, is that he has an example like for everything that he yeah. uh offers, yeah. he has an example a story yeah. to go along, which is really neat,
0: yeah 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 like his uh his son was born without ears or was born not being able to hear. And uh, he, he had a story with that because everybody was telling him that, you know, his son wasn't ever going to be able to do anything, especially back then. They just, if you had anything that was abnormal, I was like, yeah, you're just going to be a shut in kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he was like, I'm going to treat him like he's, you know, the best. And he, all the stuff he said to him, the kid believed it. And he would, he would do things when he was growing up and his mom was like, you shouldn't let him do that. You shouldn't let him do that. And he went out and I forgot what he did. He's like sold a bunch of, I don't know, his magazines or something like that. Ended up being very successful. Mm -hmm. Um, And over overcame a lot. Um, And I, I think he said his other son didn't do as well. Cause they weren't focused on him so much and they just kind of assumed, you know, like he's normal, so he'll <laughs> yeah. be fine or whatever. But and so they heaped the encouragement on on the the one son and um he ended up doing really well. Yeah. yeah. I don't know
2: if you're at that part yet or not, but that, that was a part that how, I remember yeah, a lot. Bro. Yeah. That's cool. I wanted to clarify I wasn't laughing. Because I was envisioning a kid with disabilities, I was laughing because you said he was either born with no ears or he couldn't hear, and I was like, "Those are two very different things." Yeah, <laughs> like, well, but that's no, what no, you're, you're cool, not you're the, good, you're good. Not the, like, oh, the kid was born with no ears, and then I just started laughing. So you're okay, you're okay. <laughs> Thought I would better address that. No, before, you're okay. Good point. Before we get canceled. <laughs>
0: You're okay. No, I, I think I think he was uh, born with a deformity where mm. I think he didn't have ears or or something like that. Yeah. Which yeah, I'm not sure exactly. But
3: yeah, and in, in the book it talks about uh, reality is what it is. You're born without, you know, ears or whatever, whatever you know. Uh, reality, yeah. you know, life happens. All these things happen. Yeah, and just kind of like you know, you have to, you have a choice to how you respond to uh, just reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that, that, like kind of,
2: yeah, absolutely
3: be positive or negative.
2: Yeah. And yeah, my friend James that I teach, um, Spartan camp with up at mm-hmm. Joe to in Vermont. He's a <clears throat> paraplegic. Mm-hmm. So he's got, you know, he's in a wheelchair, but he still climbs mountains. He just does it on his hands and knees. Wow. He just came out with a book. I was actually kind of, we use sometimes, we, but that made me think of James cause he just came out with like a, children's book mm-hmm. called feeling left out and it's about when he was a kid wow um you know since we read books <laughs> and he's an author now actually we should see about getting him yeah getting him in on this that would be cool. yeah. awesome yeah. man yeah. anyways i figured i'd plug that maybe yeah. we'll throw a link in the episode description or something to yeah it, but yeah. yeah but no he's a he's a living example of somebody who is yeah you know born with something some kind of disability and yeah you know big one yeah Yeah. it's over
3: achieving its full potential Mm -hmm. yeah taking
2: action yep yeah
1: yeah. I just find it amazing uh, that the concepts they just span over time Mm -hmm. and space I mean just different environments no matter where you look concepts they're just always there Mm -hmm. you you can choose certain things you can change your perspective with you know a disability Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's Sleeping Giants is my book. Uh, Dr. Nathan Miller just finished it. Yeah. Um and I I was pumped at the end. Were you? It felt like the book was even though I'm reading it one and a half times. <laughs> I felt kind of slow because he yeah. was very detailed in each story. sure. Like he was telling stories and he'd give you birth dates mm-hmm. in little towns and stuff and you know. Yeah. So for someone like me who's energetic and emotion driven, I was kind of struggling a little bit yeah. with those types of things. But it, at the end, it's just like it's like you. He does a great job of just kind of. It's like building. Here's the foundation, yeah. And then the last, I'd say, fifteen minutes was an explosion. Ah, I mean, I felt I was ready like to jump the out Crescendo. The car. I was just like, really, <laughs> this is it, you know. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and so, and I had five things I wrote down uh, to take away from it. And the first one is the mental model uh, is realizing that we all have a mental model that we build in our head mm-hmm. from genetics life experience, the people you're around, whatever it is, you build this mental model, which is basically a perspective of the world you're living in and your journey. And it's a filter Mm -hmm. and that filter can be changed. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the the biggest takeaway is it can be changed. Most people don't realize they can change it. They don't even realize they have it. First off, you have to realize you have this, just realize that your perspective is built and it can be changed because of neuroplasticity your brains you know can be changed and rearranged but this is all there just to help you make sense of the world and have automatic fill in the gaps have automatic responses of you know well i'm not going to that gas station or i'm not sitting next to that person or maybe i should sit over there yeah just basic things based on what you believe or you should go after this job or go to this college or not go to college Mm -hmm. that's all based on your mental model and you know the perspective of actually seeing envisioning here's who i want to be and realizing that i can change myself to become that Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter all this other stuff i mean it matters because it's gonna you're gonna have to work towards it but the bottom line is you can create yourself whatever envision you have for yourself that was kind of the first thing uh but the the second thing was um ownership Mm -hmm. only you can do it Mm -hmm like I can only change my mental model. Yeah. It's up to me to change. It. It's up to me to have the discipline to, to train myself. You know, he talks about the, uh, the secret service agents who were protecting the president, mm-hmm. uh, Reagan specifically, they train themselves to ignore their basic instinct to duck and cover when there are bullets flying. If you can change that basic instinct, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can, by golly, you can change anything. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the point. <laughs> and it's like, so it's up to you to, you know, Take ownership of it. Do what you can do. Stop waiting on everyone else. Stop waiting on the government. Stop waiting on your dad. You know that's never going to show up. You know whatever. I mean, you just you know figure that out. You got to own it. Yeah. Uh, Another one is providing access and activation. So he he, there's a lot of parts in the book where he talks about people changing. Someone has a mental model, Mm -hmm. and then someone comes in and challenges that, which is basically your identity, and that activates them to change i mean she talked they talked about um like martin luther king he came up he had this speech drafted he was supposed to read on script and his friend mahalia jackson was like tell him about the dream yeah well that was activation and he went off script and yeah created this incredible uh you know i have a dream speech that we know today yeah that doesn't happen without her activating him yeah yeah and then the second part was kind of access giving access you know it's one thing to get activated hey you can do anything see you later <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. well here's you know opportunity you know yeah. if you have that if you have that ability yeah his challenge was you know you know activate others so encourage which yeah. is you know we talk about you know that's what we we're, we're here to do is to encourage people mm-hmm. to lift them up um and give them that no you can do this you mm-hmm. can do that you can do this yeah and then give them that access you know maybe they just need an opportunity you know hook them up with someone uh a, a network or get them in the right direction you know find that access mm-hmm. uh to give them and you know he he talked about this one hit me really good because his dad he had a learning disability but didn't know this is before people knew there were such things and so he couldn't learn real well i think probably dyslexia or something like that and So he was doing bad in school and he always thought he was just dumb. Mm -hmm. And his one of his teachers told him, I want you, you know how to read a little Mm -hmm. bit. I want you to go over there and teach him how to, you know, this other kid how to read. And the guy was like, I can't do that. I'm stupid. I'm not a teacher. Mm -hmm. I don't have the brains to do that. And he was like, Yes, you can. You know how to read. He doesn't. Go teach him. And he took from that 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 was a spark. It wasn't the end game, right? It was just kind of like, and his dad, he said, his dad took from it uh, that, hey, I'm not smart, but I'm smarter than that guy. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, I, it's like you don't have to be brilliant; just have to be a little bit better to teach other people. Yeah. And that was kind of his. He started on this journey, and then in the end, his dad gets a college degree. Yeah. Which he never thought even possible, mm. right? Uh, because of his, his, you know, but he was encouraged along the way with different things, like his. His wife uh, uh at the time helped him with you know, like re-editing some of his papers for college mm-hmm. and getting that through and uh you know ends up graduating college yeah. and and that spoke to me because when I was a kid when I was in i don't know back in when I was in uh, elementary school, my best friend every Friday would go to this uh special school it would get on a bus and leave school. Mm with a few other kids and it was for talented mm. kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend that did that too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it just, uh, I always wanted to go. Yeah. It's like, how does he get to go? Why does he go? And I don't get to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so I finally got my mom to, I want to do that because yeah. I want to go with my friend. Yeah. I took a test. They didn't let me in. Oh, so what that told me and I believed wow. it wow. This is a, I'm stupid. Wow. I'm not smart. Maybe I'm not you know dumb, but I'm not smart. Yeah. I'm not gifted. Yeah. I don't have the brains. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. And that stuck with me for a long time. Yeah. And then probably up until I remember as a high school, we all put in the football team. We all put in what we wanted to be in the mm-hmm. future. And had all these people, lawyer, doctor, and I put football player. Hmm. And I remember my mom kind of, I mean, she probably didn't mean it, but she yeah. kind of poked fun at me. Like, or I over not even poked fun at me, maybe I overheard it. Mm-hmm. of, you know, all these people put, you know, f- these things in there. It's documented. Yeah. And, then, you know, you put football player, like, I'm the dumb jock. You know, is how I took it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just, you know, you reinforce this mental model. Once you create it. Yeah. Then everything you see is the Raz, yeah. right? You yeah. see it everywhere. And it just reinforces it and becomes stronger and stronger, stronger and stronger and harder to overcome. But it can be overcome. Because, see, then... I kind of took a dip in my life and I decided I was going to... I just I don't know what happened, but I just got really angry and decided this is not what I want to be. And so I decided I'm going to tackle this. Just kind of, I don't know how it happened, but I knew from watching my dad, this guy, you know, he he ran a restaurant and then, you know, we didn't make a lot of money, so he would fix everything himself. He would, like, My air conditioners broke, he'd get a book, a textbook, you know, twelve inches thick, and learn air conditioning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or, you know, the refrigerator breaks down, he'd learn refrigeration. He'd just get a big textbook, you know, and just learn it and fix it. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, if he can do that, Mm -hmm. I can go to school and learn biology, which science was never my strength. Math was never my strength. Yeah. But I was like, I'm gonna go be a biologist you know whatever you know yeah just i would just pick the hardest stuff my football coaches would berate me they're like take the easy stuff what are you taking all this hard stuff (laughs) and i don't know i didn't know why at the time but i think that's what it was yeah anyway um the bottom line is my mental model changed by watching him yeah just work hard i was like if you work hard enough you can do anything Mm. and so that kind of changed my perspective on uh, a lot of things but um yeah. So that was kind of the ending of the book, but, you know, the, that's just kind of, who do you want to be? Yeah. And do you have, yeah. are you going to, are you willing to be disciplined and, and go after it? Yeah, is kind of what I took it. And once you get there or what, you know, maybe your station in life right now where you're at, you can help someone else. You don't have to be a billionaire to help people. You can mm-hmm. help people from wherever you're at Yeah, give them access and encouragement. Um, no matter what. So that, that can be done at any time, but mm-hmm. yeah, great book. I was pumped up at the end. So that's awesome. If you can't tell, Yeah. <laughs> less coffee next time. Yeah. It's good coffee though. It's good.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I feel like, um, thinking about what you just said about helping people, you know, I was, I've been thinking for the past couple of weeks, Mm-hmm. You know, I've been trying to pull my head out of my butt, for lack of a better term, because I've just been on this like negative self-talk thing, and you know, kind of dealing with stuff like that. But I, uh, it just kind of hit me about a week ago. I was like, I'm so blessed. You know, like I have so much, and and I've, you know, that's a really good point because I'm doing some stuff right now that I would not be able to do unless somebody was, you know, willing to step out of their comfort zone and help a little bit. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm feeling pretty blessed today. That's awesome. Kind of leads into the book I'm reading. You know, yeah, what do you read? I declare, by Joel Osteen. But yeah, I, I feel like for the past probably three weeks now, yeah, I have been kind of like trying to wrestle with like um, being too far into the future. I know it's something I, I've talked about even kind of earlier when we guys first met. You know, mm-hmm. about how I was. Uh, it's like you know, if you're living in the future, you're gonna you're gonna have anxiety you know, or if you're living in the future, you're going to have, you know, fear. And so, um, but I've kind of been feeling that anxiety and that fear yeah. and it's good because the previous book I was reading, um, was kind of a, it's a great book, mm-hmm. but it's kind of more focused on like challenging yourself and learning to grow emotionally and all that stuff. And in the moment that I was in, I, you know, I was like, man, I hope the next book is a little bit more uplifting, <laughs> a little bit more got some positive spin beat. to it because I need some, beat it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I need I need something positive. And so I felt like this book is pretty yeah, you know, pretty lift, solid on that front. Lift you up like an eagle yeah. so you can soar. Well, and the big thing too was, you know, <laughs> kind of, you know, it's, you know, activating. you talked about a little bit. It was kind of about getting out, out of your own head yeah. and just, you know, sometimes you wake up in the morning and you you're thinking, your thoughts are like, Man, I don't feel good today. Today's not gonna be a good day. But then what you don't do is you don't say that. You know, you don't then start like talking like that and letting that control the message of your day. You change that and you say, instead of talking about how bad things are, you talk about how good things are going to be. Right. And so that's a choice. Yeah, absolutely. It is a choice. Yeah. And I've been struggling to make that choice the past three weeks. I've been kind of like Things don't look good here. Things don't look good there. And I've been like just focusing on that, just the negative part of it. Because I feel like, you know, we grow and we learn a lot just in general through life. And, you know, sometimes you just slip away from some of the stuff that you're really good at, like staying positive or being focused or being driven Mm -hmm. or just dealing with adversity. And so being able to, uh, I guess, kind of declare (laughs) like the positive things in life yeah. and, and, and realize that man, I am blessed. And it's even just little things Yeah. like, you know, I woke up this morning, I was able to brush my teeth, take a shower, have some breakfast, have a nice cup of coffee. Yeah. I mean, that is a, that just, there's so many little things that it sounds like kind of stupid and kitschy, but the reality is, no, that really is all a blessing. Yeah. A lot of people across the world that don't, yeah. Aren't capable of doing that.
1: Yeah. I think we discard yeah. that stuff too much. Whereas yeah. it is kind of like, oh, it's cliche. It's this. Well, guess what? It's real. Yeah. It, it is it's real. It's real. You can choose that. Yeah. I mean, there's a uh story he was talking about. There's Keller Williams, like mm-hmm. a president or a vice president or yeah. chairwoman. Yeah. yeah. She's in she was like getting ready to turn 80 mm-hmm. and they asked she she was asked something about how things were going or whatever, and she was just like, you know, if my seventy, you know, I can't wait to see what my 80s look like. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. man, that's an attitude of like power. Yeah. Like you're declaring what, you know, that things are going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was another story about a guy who had diagnosed with uh, like cancer and he was yeah, basically
2: dying. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not going to waste this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I it was just amazing. Just And he's choosing to take that because it'd be real easy in, to just curl up And, you know, and that's hard. I mean, I just, I can't imagine how hard that was, but he chose it. Yeah. if he can do that, then I can wake up in the morning and choose that this is going to be a great day. I mean, I don't have anything weighing me down like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's funny. I've met people anywhere from their, I mean, as early as their thirties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties and they're talking the opposite like "Oh, i'm getting older you know this and that you know they're 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 in their 30s or 40s you know and mm-hmm. they're already curling up you know and it's a progressive curling up over the next you know 20 30 40 50 years yeah um it, it's just like instead of i declaring it's it's a it's a negative oh, well they're declaring they're declaring and they're you know? negative way yeah they're, they're falling yeah. apart i'm old yeah. yeah you're declaring it and then you meet some people that are in their 70s or 80s and they're like i feel great you yeah know?
2: And we're like running marathons yeah, and stuff yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 that's a big difference that the like the mentality you take i wonder if there's something that happens you see that a lot when people retire and they kind of lose their purpose yeah if they don't and have then they, that's kind of like a curling up right yeah mm-hmm. and then you just kind of they just fade off kind of just fade away yeah, young, yeah,
0: i don't know that they've ever done any studies but just from my just observation when people retire if they don't mm-hmm. have anything to retire into a passion to move yeah. into it seems like there's a <laughs> very very high likelihood that they die within the next year or two yeah or a few years after retirement even if they were really healthy yeah working it almost seems like almost more extreme like if they were working you know 60 hours a week and then they retire and they don't have anything to do. It's almost like their body just shuts
2: down. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. it's And it's, you know, it's like, a. I I went for a walk yesterday with cat. And mm-hmm. so we were talking about this because, you know, we, we talk a lot of, we've talked a lot about personal growth. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about that in the past between the two of us. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, <clears throat> you know, I mentioned yesterday was about how I've been kind of slipping and stuff, but, um, I noticed there was a, uh, so like right when our walk kind of first started, these like 10 or 15 cop cars pulled up because I live right next to a, to a college. And so we didn't know what was going on. There was all this like big, you know, mm-hmm. hubba blue, whatever you want to call it. But mm-hmm. basically the cops were like, yeah, you might not want to walk because this is a really nice walking trail. Like, mm. So we just kind of adjusted fire went on, went about our day, um, but yeah, it was kind of an interesting experience to be faced with something. Because you always see TV, you know, you, you see TV, you get worried, you get anxiety, yeah. you get worried about yeah. the future. Um, and so I've kind of shifted away from like, you know, watching the news or yeah. spending too much time worrying about things and just kind of living in the moment. But even when there's crazy stuff going on around you, there's still stuff to be thankful for. There's mm-hmm. still stuff to kind of feel blessed about.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And so that's kind of the, that's kind of the, what I've been taking away from from this is like. Okay, bad stuff's always gonna happen. You know, we don't know what the timing of things is, right? Obviously, Joel Osteen's a pastor, so we don't know what God's timing is mm-hmm. for us, right? So we want certain things to happen, you know, and we keep thinking about the future, like, man, why didn't I get this promotion? Why didn't, you know, yeah. why aren't things going my way? Well, yeah. it's because it's, it's not time yet. You don't really control that. Yeah. And so refocusing and, and coming back to really living in the moment. And not worrying about the past, not worrying about the future. Yeah. Like even you know we all I think mentioned our coffee today. You know, <laughs> it's nice. Like I know I have a lot of looming deadlines, like intellectually now, and aware of that, and I have things coming up that I have like closing dates on things and things that I have to yeah. worry about, right? Like stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the reality is, is that I can just sit here and enjoy my coffee, yeah. and I can still focus on all that stuff. Yeah, and I can still you know take some action yeah take some action yeah. but in the moment this isn't the time for that I can just sit here and enjoy my coffee yeah, and, and, and then even when I'm taking action I can enjoy that action I don't have to worry about is this action gonna result in something negative or yeah. you know I can yeah. I can just focus on the action I know it's what I need to do yeah so just enjoy the fact that I'm even capable of doing it yeah, yeah. really just finding stuff I guess to be grateful about and yeah. recognizing blessings as they come. Yeah. You know, anyways. Uh,
0: yeah, no, I, I can relate to that. I, um, I had back to back to back closings last Friday where somebody was selling their house and moving to another house. And then that person, you know, was closing on their house and buying another house. So it was three closings and they're all linked to each other. So if the first one doesn't bring their money and doesn't close, then the second one can't close, which means the third one can't close. And you've got three different families with all different moving schedules, or well, essentially the same moving schedules, um, and utilities being transferred, people taking time off of work, I mean, everything. And so we had about five or six six weeks um, to kind of you know go through the whole process. That you go through to close on a house, and I, you know, was checking on everything diligently to make sure. But I was, I was progressively getting worried about it because it was just like so many things had to happen for it to all go smoothly yeah. and all happen at the same day. Because it's like, I mean, boom, 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 it's all done. But if if the first or second one yeah. uh, drops the ball, then you know, it, it's it all doesn't work out. So. Um, as we got closer, I started finding myself worrying about it more at night and thinking about like what could go wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was like, I knew I didn't have any control over it. Like I could do, I could take action in the way that I could take action, but at a certain level I couldn't control everything. You just have to, you know, I've done my due diligence to make sure everybody's squared away. Um, but I was still struggling with it, uh, sleeping. And, uh, there's a thing called a, Closing disclosure, you have to sign three days before closing. And it's law that if you don't get that from the lender and sign it, then you're not closing and you have to have three days to, you know, it's just a rule. So I always check, you know, usually starting about four days or five days, like, Hey, is is the lender getting the, the CD out so they can sign it? And then, you know, three days before I'm like, is the CD out? Are they signing it? You know? And well, this time they're like, they're working on some stuff, but you know, and it was like all the way to the to the wire, and they still hadn't been able to get the CD out because they were still working on some underwriting things, and so it was like my worst fear of what I was yeah. afraid of happened on that, and uh, so then you know I had to sleep on that and then make calls in the morning, be like, we're not closing on Friday like we've planned on for six weeks, everything's got to move to Monday. And, you know, everybody's, I've got great clients. Everybody's understanding. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, the, the kind of roll with it, but, um, we're all rolling with it. And then I realized, you know, there's, you know, a lender needs an extension, which is going to cost money. It's like, oh no. You know, so I try to, you know, take some ownership of that and make that not cost anybody anything. And, um, but it was funny cause, uh, Monday when we were closing, I was talking to one of the sellers in the situation, he was like, you know what? It ended up working out better mm-hmm. that we closed on Monday yeah." because of ABCDFG. And I was like, and the funny thing is when I was worrying about it, like over the weekend, I, I did let it go, but I, I had to kind of lean in and be like, you know, God's got everybody's best interest in mind. And I just have to believe that even though this happened, there's some unforeseen thing that is Like maybe if we did close on Friday, it wouldn't have been good for Mm -hmm. somebody or for everybody. And so I kind of leaned into that. And then it was kind of affirming on Monday when I found out like, oh, yeah, that was actually it might not have seemed better in the moment, but it ended up working out a lot better. Yeah. You know, but it's it's easy now to look back at it. And I wish I could get some of those worrying moments back. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I try to use that for the next time. Yeah. Um but that's happened so many times and I still try to look back and sometimes it helps a little bit. But Yeah.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's pretty like anytime something's not happening in the timing you want it to happen to there's mm-hmm. usually a good reason, right? Yeah. I was just reading something about somebody who had um was supposed to be scheduled for surgery. They were sitting in there um you know, this is not like an anecdote from like a podcast or anything. somebody <laughs> that I know on Facebook was like, oh, my surgery's coming up. Yeah. yeah. And they were waiting for their surgery. And then at the last minute, you know, they had all planned and they had family there and all the stuff and they were yeah. getting ready. And at the last minute, the surgeon basically came in and was like, I'm sorry, we're going to have to reschedule. There's an emergency. I'm the only surgeon on call, mm. you know. And so then her surgery was delayed as a result of that. But, you know, that other guy obviously needed the help. And then who knows what would have happened? You know, there's no way of knowing what would have happened to her during that surgery. Right. Yeah. So like it's, we don't know for sure, but there's probably a really good reason, you know, even though she was expecting the surgery to happen, like right then in that moment, you know, something could have gone wrong like during the surgery. So, and then this person also needs help. So that's how it kind of works together. Mm -hmm. And that's completely outside of your control. Yeah. That's like a really good example of just giving up and understanding it's not, you know, <laughs> and everything's not always going to happen exactly when you want it to. Right. But there's a reason. So, yeah.
0: And sometimes we see the reason in hindsight and sometimes we don't. Yeah.
2: So. Sometimes you'll never know what the reason was. Yeah. A lot of the times you'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So, on the I declare, what, what's like one example of what he says, I declare? I'm trying to remember. I can't think of. Like, yeah. I declare what? Like, I mean, so I declare... it's
2: interesting. So there's like thirty. I declare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, and and so I'm listening to it, and I've kind of finished it, and then I like as I was finishing it, I was like, I'm gonna need to go back because yeah, it's actually similar to the memory book, it's broken up in days. So it's thirty-one declarations. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And then yeah. you know we pick a month with thirty-one days in it. I mean, there's thirty-one. I guess if you're in that kind of a month, right? But yeah. You go 31 days, <laughs> and you kind of just like uh yeah do go one, through it each one day. day, yeah, yeah. But the one that I really focused on was, you know, that I declare I am blessed mm. because that's that's really what you know. When a book has 31 messages in it, and you've read 31 books that have 31 messages in it, and you're <laughs> trying to make changes slowly over time, you know, yeah. So I feel like you can always revisit stuff and, sure. and come back, and you're not going to. Re- it's actually yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was Googling what's the difference between knowledge retention on an audio book versus a physically reading, you know, cause I was like, yeah, yeah. I feel like sometimes I'm retaining a good amount, but like, what is it like 10%? Cause mm-hmm. I feel like I'm missing, remembering a lot of things or, but, yeah. but the big one, the big takeaway f- for me to answer your question was I am blessed is yeah. kind of the declaration. Like I declare I am blessed. That's awesome. And just knowing that, you know, um, it's not going to happen, you know, Yeah. you may be going through something difficult right in that moment, or you may be experiencing something that is difficult in your life, but knowing that that's not a permanent thing, it's not yeah. going to last forever, not worrying about where this is going to lead yeah. or why it happened and yeah. just focusing on like the things around you that are blessings, which is basically everything. Yeah. Um, that really has helped. And I have been worrying about that. Yeah. for the past three weeks I you know there's a few things where I'm like okay and I don't want to get too deep into the specifics but there's been a couple kerfluffles with like financing for my new business you know I'm buying a new business and mm-hmm. getting to the closing table has been a lot more challenging than it should be like it almost always is right underwriters are weird um and so I've just been like <laughs> yeah so I've been like worried you know a little bit yeah um but then i was at one point i just kind of like snapped out like it was almost instantaneous and it was before i even read yeah. i declare i just had this moment where i was just kind of like staring at myself in the mirror and i was like yeah. what are you worried about
4: yeah
2: it's like what are you worried about you know it's going to be fine yeah so just stop yeah Stop. you know and then each day that has progressed since then something big has happened whether it was wednesday night group and just kind of like talking about things or the, hearing you guys talk about the books you're reading, I've been kind of like rebuilding the narrative, like, okay. Yeah. In my, in my head, I've been really good at rebuilding the narrative of like, Oh, I'm actually really blessed. Yeah. And it's completely melted all the little anxieties and the little worries that I was having. Um, just being able to focus on, yeah. you know, each moment and each thing.
0: That's awesome.
2: So, yeah. Yeah. That reminded
0: me of, um, I think it's in Psalms where David says, uh, my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills mm-hmm. and I, I've used that talking to myself because when you start to worry about, you know, money or business or finances or whatever, but then you can remind yourself that, you know, God's got it all. Mm-hmm. So what am I really worried about? Yeah. You know, like w- when your father owns the cattle on a thousand hills, mm-hmm. like back then, know, yeah, he owns it all pretty much. So, you know it uh some of the books uh talk about in a direct or indirect way uh self-efficacy and so when you have people around you doing something or if your parents have done something it gives you increased uh self-efficacy um which is basically like uh, knowing that you have the ability to do something Mm -hmm. is basically self-efficacy um and knowing that you know your father, your grandfather, your your ancestors before you have done it and can do it. it, it helps you have more self-efficacy. And so a lot of times, like when I was in uh, getting my master's at Penn State in psychology of leadership, they were talking about self-efficacy, and they had this scenario of this guy that um, basically his dad was really rich and he was starting a business. And I, I, I forgot all the details, but it's basically like, What society would judge of like, oh, that's a spoiled rich kid, Mm -hmm. you know, and they were like after they gave all the details, they're like, so how would you predict this is going to go? And most people kind of predict like, oh, yeah, he's spoiled rich kid. It's not going to go well. But actually his likelihood of actually doing well and in the scenario, he actually did do really well because he had been modeling after his father and seeing his father do this, these things for years. And he had the self-confidence to make decisions in the moment and do all the things that you need to but if some if if nobody in your family has ever done that and you're trying to do that sometimes it can be a lot harder and unless you have people around you or like a mentor or something it can be very difficult to step out of well like you were saying chris with the mental models like if you grew up with a certain mental model there's probably a low likelihood that you're going to be ceo of a multi-million dollar business mm-hmm. right but if your father was a ceo of a multi-million dollar business there's probably good likelihood that you will or if your father and your mother were a doctor and a lawyer and you see it all the time the kids yeah. become doctors or lawyers you know
1: I, i've seen this all over the place i mean um just example so you know i grew up working class mm-hmm. but i did have you know my dad had the uh had a restaurant, yeah. I mean, it was mildly successful, but yeah. I mean, you know, from a monetary standpoint,
0: from monetary, but it is famous for, in the area. Yeah, Everybody, yeah, oh, about.
1: absolutely. Yeah. It's you know, it depends on how you define success, right? So, yeah. I don't want to take that away, but I mean, yeah. it was it was hard work every day, sure. but he did only business, yeah. But mostly, everyone else around me was working class, and it was hey, you're supposed to get up, you're supposed to go get a job, you're supposed to go, you know, maybe you go to college, yeah, to get a job. There yeah. was no talk of starting your own company or anything like that. Yeah. But, you know, his his view kind of that was just kind of a little spark in, in a mm-hmm. in a cloud, you know, of <laughs> different, you know, you can do your different But yeah. he still had kind of a working class mindset. Right. That's what he grew up with too. I mean it was it was all about getting, you know, getting a job and going yeah. to work and earning a paycheck. Yeah. Versus building a business.
0: His business was still his his job. Yeah.
1: Cause he would his still business. do things like he's up busing tables, washing dishes yeah. and yeah. and part of what you have to do when you're running a business, right? But yeah. At yeah. the same time, it's not like I'm the visionary and I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna delegate all this stuff to these people and and yeah. I'm gonna focus on, you know, high-level stuff. Yeah. There was none of that. It was more of like I own a business, but I'm just gonna work it.
0: You know, right. So yeah. At least that's there's a fine there's a yeah. fine line between showing your employees like, Hey, I'm not yeah, afraid to yeah, do this too, yeah. but not actually doing it for everybody. Right.
1: I mean, it was, yeah. 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 But, but online it was just yeah. this working um, class type model. And, and I still see it today. And I always stop myself and yeah. from you know, like my kids. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm trying to show them because to me, entrepreneurship is superpower. Mm. It's a superpower we all have because we're in the great country that allows it for everybody, but we don't, emphasize it we don't train kids we don't educate them we educate them to go be a cog yeah in my opinion and it's and not hey you can go open a business yeah you know and that's it's becoming more but it's still out you know you got to go to youtube to get it and all this stuff no one's training you to be an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. you know it's just kind of like go go get a job it's not
0: even usually seen as an option it's no it's not
1: it's not even an option no one says hey you can go create a business. Like
0: it should be an, option. I never heard that. Yeah. It should be an option where you can look into it, be trained on it and be like, you know what? That's not for me.
1: Most of the time I'm discouraged. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't exactly. go, don't go create your own business. Yeah. That's hard. Just go get, be an employee. Yeah. Go get a paycheck. Yeah. Don't take a risk. Mm-hmm. You know, those types of things. That's what's pounded into me. And to, yeah. to change the model, you have to have outside. Yeah. Outside. Something. And you know what I was thinking about when you were talking about, you know, reading versus listening to, to yeah. the books. And I've 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 been on just the I don't know how long we've been doing this, four or five years.
0: Actually, six years.
1: Six years. <laughs> In the beginning, it was really hard to listen because I'd always read books, number yeah. one. And number two, I was so focused on taking notes. Yeah. That was my whole deal. And I was so focused on like learning it like I was learning a class. And that was helpful. That was kind of my first step. And then sharing it became kind of the next step because that reinforces your what you learned. Mm -hmm. that's how you learn it and once i and i just practiced that over time the discipline the practice the training changed my model to man you can listen to these books and by the way you can do it at three times speed and still retain uh and so you're you know i was uh it's like (laughs) being a computer right you're just getting better and faster and then uh you know then i came to the realization this is where i'm at now it's kind of like I don't need to necessarily know it consciously. Mm. Yeah. It's subconsciously running it in the background. Yeah. Yeah. So my question is how many of us are listening to things or around things that are influencing our mental model negatively? Yeah. And we just need to choose to change what is influencing our mental model. Mm -hmm. And for me, the first thing was, I mean, when I was growing up, all I listened to was rap music, mm. and it was heinous, yeah, and when I look back now i I still listen to some of it sometimes it yeah, comes from somewhere, I mean yeah. on the radio or whatever, and I'm like, yeah. man, can you listen to what the words are? yeah how could anyone be surprised if a culture is listening this is their music, and they're pounding it in their head now more than ever? I mean, now you've got it's on the radio, it's on your car. Then you put your earphones in, and that's all you listen to while you're going to the store all day long. These kids, you know, especially kids, yeah, they're being pounded with mm-hmm. do drugs, be violent, don't respect women, twenty four seven, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're wondering, you know, hate hate the police, hate any authority figure. Uh, this is the way to succeed is sell drugs. I mean, all this is getting pounded into them because that's what I used to listen to. I remember one of my friends one time, I was, we were driving home from like Whitewater or something. And I was listening to a, a, a tape <laughs> named Bloods and Crips yeah. banging something, you know. Yeah. And he said, we were listening to it just yeah. like we normally do. And yeah. then all of a sudden he just was like, man, this makes me want to kill people. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, I, you know, I still remember that. That was yeah. 30 years ago, man. Wow. I remember him saying that. And it just, that this is where it really dawned on me. It was like, this stuff is bad. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. And so you can listen to that. Yeah. And people still do it. Right. I mean, I see 50 year olds listening yeah, to this yeah. crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is crap. <laughs> it's not rap, it's crap. <laughs> they still listen to it when they could be listening to these books yeah. mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, a motivational speaker or something yeah. that's more positive and uplifting. Yeah. Or even there is music that's good. I mean, yeah, I've, yeah. I've listened sure. to music that's really good. Yeah, yeah. That's in the same realm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's even, you know, kind of hip-hop. Yeah. You know, there's hip-hop music that's good. Yeah. But it's, it doesn't have to be negative. Yeah. Um, but it's just about making the choice. I'm going to substitute this. It's going to influence my middle model for good and mm-hmm. do all this stuff for me. Or I can listen to this, which is going to tear me down mm-hmm. and keep me where I'm at. Yeah. You pick. Yeah. You get yeah. to pick.
0: Yeah, what you're saying reminds me of what Rick Ricky was saying before the podcast about like toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. and somebody you know, you listen to certain music, and somebody's like, Oh, you should listen to something uplifting," and kind of like, "No, nah, that's that's dumb," you know. that's Yeah, that's uh
2: that's what you would get sissy stuff for nerds, you know, yeah. nerds or <laughs> yeah, you know, right, yeah, yeah. 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 Because um, well, yeah, you have to, you have to like wrap your head around. I mean, if you're in that space mentally and you're saturated with yeah. that level of toxicity to then make that change and just decide that you're going to listen, that stuff has to be really yeah. challenging because yeah. eventually you're going to have to be the one that makes the decision. And you had your moment, obviously when you realized, you know,
1: why well, did you stop though? Not only don't you think that it took me, it took decades, but I still remember that, yeah. that moment of realizing what it was. And yeah. Yeah. And, and so let's switch it around a little bit. Access. And like I was talking about from the book on influencing others, I mean, you got to go in and people have to realize this. They don't even realize it, number one. So you can't be mad at them. You just got to be like, do you realize this? Mm -hmm. This is what's happening. And then, you know, kind of now you're aware of it. And then you have to realize that they are under that pressure. I mean, we used to. to, So the other thing is I I watched Boys in the Hood a thousand times. sometimes multiple times a day mm-hmm. and playing in the background, just like these books are playing in the background. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, you know, one of the things, one of the guys, he gets out of jail and he's sitting there talking to his buddies and he's like, and somebody asked him, he said, well, what did you do in the pen? Yeah. And he was like, well, I've just pumped iron and eating and reading books. And the guy was like reading. Yeah. <laughs> like he was about ready to kill him because he yeah. was reading. I'm just like, but th- that's what the culture. Yeah. This culture. Yeah. Emphasizes. I mean, it mm-hmm. almost beats you up for being trying to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So people that are in that, you have to yeah. have that some empathy there. Yeah. To yeah. To realize that number one, they don't know. Number two, if you try to change you, yeah, you're getting a ton of pressure. I mean, life endangering pressure.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's not
2: become, to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's changing At You know, the, like the whole, like, oh, you're going to read well, that's like self-fulfilling because the culture wouldn't survive if everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's trying to stay sustain itself and you can't do that. And like with knowledge and wisdom. Yeah. So, you know, there you go.
0: Yeah. I had a friend when I was in the, um, in the air force and, uh, we were talking about stuff at work and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go home. You know, we're painting the inside of the house. And he was like, why are you painting the house? I was like, well, we just bought it and want, you know, like fresh paint, I guess, new color. You know, I, I never even thought about why I was painting. It It was just like, you know, it was old. We were, you know, painting it and we, we were talking and, and he was like, you think I could uh, help you with it? I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, I've never painted before. And I was like, OK, well, yeah, I'll, yeah, you can come help. And uh, we got to talking, I think, when he was at the house, and he said, you know, I grew up in, in the projects in New York, and when a house or apartment or whatever got too in too bad a condition, they just moved us into a new one. And so he was like, w- I didn't grow up where you paint or do any of these things. Like, you just trash it, and then once it gets trashed enough, then you get something new. And um, he was telling me, too, that, you know, he was joining the air force and doing some things and his family was like, why are you doing that? You know, like they were giving him a hard time for mm-hmm. taking the steps that he was taking because mm-hmm. he wasn't continuing in the culture that was there. And so it, it was kind of a, it was it was kind of cool cause it was kind of an awakening for him and a changing of a mental model for him. And it was a changing of a mental model for me too, to realize that not everybody has been blessed to grow up You know, around like we didn't grow up rich, but we rented for a while. And I remember we rented in a townhouse and then we moved like probably like eight townhouses down into a house that my dad bought, you know, Mm -hmm. with a VA loan for like $80,000 or something. And, you know, I I saw them put in the new blue Berber carpet and the the white tiles and, you know, do, do some things to make it our own. And so I observed that. And so when I grew up, you know, that's kind of what I'm thinking, you know. And ironically, the first house I bought was a townhouse. So mm-hmm. I never even connected those two together. But, um, you know, you grow up a certain way. You have certain mental models. We lived in a townhouse. I thought people that were rich were people that owned houses that weren't attached to other houses. So, you know, you <laughs> you have these, yeah, yeah. these mental models um, and you can break them um but a lot of times it takes you know experience being around the right people reading the right books you know there's several things that can do that but um i'm reading um love is a choice uh i don't remember the author it's three different doctors that 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 wrote it so if you look it up just find the one with the three different doctors mm-hmm. um i just finished it 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 was really like i said last week it was difficult to listen to because it challenges you a lot mm-hmm. and i think for most people including me um i always joke i don't struggle with anything except for denial yeah <laughs> uh, um i shouldn't say that because that's kind of reinforcing that if, if that's the case but
1: is not that a river in egypt
0: <laughs> the deni- yeah, yeah. <laughs> denial denial. believe it is <laughs> um so anyway love is a choice a lot of it is about codependency and overcoming codependency and so I think if they titled the book Overcoming Codependency, people wouldn't read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 point of a lot of it is love is a choice in that, like it's kind of hard to describe, um, but sometimes we get stuck in situations and we just get in this codependent relationship where we just keep doing things and keep building up resentment and... Um, for various reasons it can be unhealthy and so they try to get you to more of an independent or interdependent, um, spot where you could, you, you're, you're choosing to love somebody you're taking the, um, appropriate and healthy steps. Um, and so last week I shared about kind of the symptoms or signs of codependency. Um, and, uh, I thought that was pretty good. I went back and listened to those steps or the, not steps the, the symptoms and um listening to myself and kind of like okay yeah I, I identify with that one and 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 this one and that one and then so they they also have these 10 um uh it's basically 10 steps to overcoming codependency and th- there's there's a lot of information here but um I figure I'd go through those 10 steps just to kind of give, give you guys an overview of like what it looks like. But when I was going through it, it was interesting. Cause I was like, I wonder how many of the books that we read apply to some of these steps, because when they were talking about the steps, they said that you can kind of skip around and I'm not saying that this group is like uh, a substitute for going through the steps that it, uh, is needed to get through codependency. I'm not saying that at all. And it's not a replacement for, um, counseling or therapy, but, um, it, it was interesting in reading these books. I was like, uh, or this book, I was thinking, I wonder how many of our books apply to that. So what I was going to do is just go through those 10 things, um, which even in the book, it just kinda, it goes through those 10 steps, but it's not like chapter three, you know, this is step one. And then it goes through it and then chapter four. So I, it, I, I was actually, I went, to coffee shop this morning, too, and was trying to draw it out and, and find, okay, this is exactly. So it's good that it forced me to kind of go back through it and kind of pull out, like, this is step one, this is step two. And so I don't know that I got them down perfectly, but um, I was going to ask you guys to um, just, um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to find these real quick. Mm-hmm. Does anybody have any thoughts
2: while I look Was this, this up? The 10 Th- this would be the- lights in my face from last week or this is the be- actual
0: steps? <laughs> these are the actual steps. Th- right? okay. the actual steps. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. Well, that's better. Yeah. So, I mean, what, 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 uh, what, uh, what thoughts did you guys have from last week on that?
1: That we all deal with different things. I mean, we're all yeah. dealing with something. We're on a yeah. spectrum. It's a, I think I talked about an equalizer. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just felt like I was, and it's yeah. it's not the same at this, it, you know, this year as it is last year. Right. Yeah. Right. And the bottom line is you, you just deal with it best you can. I think just realizing it's there step one and then step two, you can deal with it and then realize it's a journey. It's not going to end. Yeah, You're always going to have these mm-hmm. and
2: just embrace that as a challenge. Yeah. It's good to have a goal, but if if human beings, like, the finish line isn't like, I'm perfect. You know, like, that's, you're never going to be right. perfect. Mm-hmm. It just isn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Not in this you world. set your goals, yeah. exactly, right? You yeah. set your goals, and then you enjoy the journey, and you do what yeah. you need to do, yeah. but you yeah. work enjoy towards things and yeah. get better. But right. not you're just never gonna be, yeah, and that's kind of that what they were realistic, so
0: that's kind of what they were saying, like with these steps is yeah. like you're it's good to go through the steps, and that's what you really need to do, but a lot of times you'll find yourself going back to a certain step yeah. or going yeah. back and forth uh-huh. and working on things, and see that's you know. uh, I don't remember where we talked about, but having goals is good,
1: mm-hmm. but you shouldn't you know it's kind of like the. You know, a football player who my goal is to make it to the NFL or win yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. But well, once they do that, they fall off because uh, it's over. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus having a goal that's, you know, purpose driven, a journey. I'm going mm. to become the best I can until the day I'm gone. Yeah. It never, it's a never ending. You don't want it to. It's happen. not so much of a destination. That's right. It's the journey. journey. Yeah. It's yeah. not about, you're not trying to get to the destination. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 there really is no end. Yeah result it's just another mountain where's the next mountain right that's what gives me purpose and Mm -hmm. keeps me going yeah
0: yeah and fast forwarding to kind of to the very last step uh which is maintenance um they were talking to some of the people that were the the couples that were in counseling and one guy um had you know a couple of uh, classic cars and he actually designed cars another guy was a home builder and they were they said so you know how do you build a house or whatever and he's like yeah you know you get the lot you do this you lay the foundation framing everything and um and they're like so when you're done with the house then you're just done right he's like no you're not done he's like he's like eh, i'm kind of you know sheep, sheepish to say this but he's like on some of those special houses i built he's like i drive back through the neighborhood every once in a while and i look at it see how landscaping was holding up how this was holding up and he was like you gotta like you know, if something goes wrong or like, you know, you get a little wood rot, you gotta, you gotta fix it. You, you know, you, you stay on top of things mm-hmm. and everything it's easy, but you gotta stay on top of things and, and and the house will do well. But if you just let this break and this break and this break, it'll eventually. Yeah. And the the car guy said the same thing. He was like, yeah, he he's like really diligent. He's like, yeah, you have a checklist. You get to a car, you look to see if you know, this is leaking that's leaking. And he was like, my, my neighbors think I'm, I'm lucky because my cars never break down, but I, I check it all the time and I check the fluids and the, you know, change the oil every three months or, you know, whatever. And, you know, and, and the, 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 counselors are like, that's how your relationship is. Once you get it to where it needs to be, now you got to start maintaining it. And right. mm-hmm. especially like if it was in a really bad place, you got to be doing that checklist all the time. Maybe if it wasn't so bad and it was pretty pretty decent, like you can have a little bit kind of like a, do you have a brand new car or do you have a 1970s car there's going to be a little bit different uh, maintenance schedule you know in, in different situations.
1: I love that because it just made me think of if you because I've let things go, not been in maintenance mode and they just build up mm-hmm. they build up yeah you know and it's like well the, the tires need to be changed, but you don't change them. Yeah. And uh, the oil needs to be changed, but you don't change them. Yeah. And then, you know, your car breaks down and you have to fix all of it. Yep. <laughs> and you're wondering, why does this always happen to me? Well, because you take care of the little stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's you know, the, the little fix, stuff can build. It up. all yeah. hits you in the face at one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, so that is the, 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 this is the 10 steps of recovery. The 10th step is actually maintenance, but going back to the first one, and I wanted you guys to just jump in. If you, if you hear something and you think of a book that we've read or whatever, or that you've heard somebody else talk about, just jump in and be like, Hey, that reminds me of this book. Um, so kind of like a mastermind a little bit cause I'm just kind of curious, but number one is examine your childhood and share your story. Start with why. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. So that, that that's really hard to do, and a lot of times, especially with our childhood, what they were talking in the book is a lot of codependency comes from unresolved childhood issues, mm-hmm. and we all have childhood issues. Yeah. It's just a matter of this. So you built your mental model. Yeah,
1: it's really not start with why. It's more of find your why that your why. Up. did it mm-hmm. more. kind of workbook mm-hmm. type. Yeah, you're right. For me, because that's what I did. Yeah. I went back and started writing down all this past stuff. And it was just like, that's why I'm like that. Ah. This person gave me this, and Mm. this person gave me that. And it's
0: just like, wow. Yeah. Now I know why I do that. It's crazy. So, number two was identify post and present persons that left memorable marks or strong influences. Kind of goes in with one a little bit, but. You know, think about these specific people um, that left these marks in our, our lives. And that can be really hard to do. So a lot of times it's a negative thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know.
2: 30 days to improve your memory. Remember <laughs> the people. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, number three was uh, breaking the addiction cycle. So I thought it was interesting that they have you go in your past first. The number three and and um, breaking the addiction cycle, you know, like AA and some other programs and stuff. They have their own steps within that mm-hmm. on how to break the addiction cycle.
1: I was thinking power of habit. Yeah, yeah. Just like I was talking about with the pantry, putting the lock on it. Yeah. I'm trying to break that cycle of mm. just going in there and going cereal. <laughs> you know, it's like every time I get bored. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Well, that's the way to disrupt it. And you're doing it unconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. But once you realize it, I was like, and the book was like, make things hard. If you want to make a good habit, make it easy. Mm-hmm. And if you want to break a habit, you got to make it hard. That was one tool yeah. that he gave was, that's how you do it. I mean, you you, yeah. you got to make it harder to, to go to that bad habit.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking a little bit about the fasting. I think the fasting can do that too, right? Like it's, it's doing this thing that's like getting in between you and whatever you want to eat, right? And it's like, it's like a a mental a mental lock, you know, uh on the pantry. The pantry of the world world's food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah let you know you can you're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, even though you can't get Yeah, and it to I some think some food in this moment you're going to be fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like yeah. that. So, breaking the addiction cycle was three uh number four was leaving home and saying goodbye um, and it doesn't necessarily mean like leaving home I mean obviously, if you're still living at home, you probably want to be moving out <laughs> um, uh but leaving home emotionally mm-hmm. is is really what they're getting at and being able to have a, a more of an emotional um, of leaving home so they said that a lot of times guys don't really reach maturity until they're like in their mid, mid to late thirties. Um, because a lot of times it's not until then that they're really kind of separating from home mm-hmm. and, and removing themselves emotionally from that strong tie of their, their mother or their father. I went on a retreat and, uh, you know, Ron Mon from crossings. Um, he was talking about the importance of guys cause it was a guy's retreat, um, guys being able to have that emotional cut with their mother and being able to leave their mother, and you know, in the Bible it says, like, was it the the son shall uh, leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife? And yeah. It's like you know, there's like a a cut there.
1: Yeah, this is kind of cheating, but Sleeping Giants just comes to mind. The, the last point I didn't mention was yeah, figure out what you got to leave mm. behind because he was talking about a story where there was a backpack checker on this multi month trail, uh, challenge up the coast or whatever. And one of the things they do is they go through your backpack and because they're experienced mm-hmm. they go, you don't need this stuff, mm. leave it behind It'll lower your weight on your backpack. Yeah. So you can complete the, the journey. Yeah. So it's like, what do you got to leave behind to right. move forward? You have to leave you know, people behind or things, or your past.
0: What do you have to leave behind? It's mm. good. Yeah, R- Ron was saying that you, um, basically, how important it was to to sep- separate from the mother. But then he was talking about the father, and he was like, basically, if your father is overly um, controlling, that that was especially important too. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was interesting. Um, but it's, it's kind of funny. It seemed like kind of in all cases, definitely need to have the cut with the mother and then with the father, pretty much, especially if he's controlling. Gotcha. So if it's a controlling mother, that's probably even worse, Mm -hmm. but you know, (laughs) it's, this is all tough stuff. Um, tough. Number five is uh, grieving your loss. <laughs> so I'm talking about cutting ties and, you know, number five is grieving your loss. And and it was, it was lost in a lot of different areas. Um, so I don't know if we read any books about grief, but when we got to this, I was thinking, um, maybe if I find a good book on grief, I need to add that. Uh, number six was uh, seeing yourself in a new light. Ask myself, "Who am I?" Mm-hmm. So uh, that reminded me of a lot of the Joel Osteen books, like "I am," <laughs> "Who mm-hmm. am I?" "I am," "I declare." Yeah, um, spaceman. Mm. Yeah. Um, Remember, like basically, you you start to have to create your own new identity, new mental models um, and to be able to remind yourself. And, um, they had one thing that I thought that was interesting. They said a lot of people struggle with was, um, I have the right to live. And sometimes when you grow up with abuse, you almost feel like you're not worthy to be living the life that you're living. Mm-hmm. And so telling yourself positive affirmations, like you are saying, I am blessed. And, you know, yeah. I, I'm worthy of this life and you know, um can be important. Number seven was new experiences. Um number I was, eight. I was trying to think of the guy. Yeah. Um Endurance. <clears throat> <clears throat>
1: <clears throat> yeah, sure. Endurance <laughs> for sure. Um that's a new experience. <laughs> but oh darn it, I can't remember the book. The guy with the... He's kind of got a strange haircut or unique haircut. Yeah. Um,
0: Strange, unique haircut. What was... What did he talk about?
1: He was talking about becoming a... Like, researching new subjects. Yeah. And he he was saying, like, read five books on the new area, interview three or four new, you know, people on the subject Mm -hmm. to kind of construct a new... The new paradigm of, you know, what you're trying to learn. But it, it was... Purposely going out and changing, um, might've been the flow, uh, guy. I'm I can't yeah, remember exactly I think I know who you're talking about. It'll yeah. hit me and I'm going to yeah. be like, ah, yeah, that's all right. I need the memory book again. So, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it it just was talking about learning new, you know, getting out and learning the, it might've been Steve Kotler maybe. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, you know,
3: surfing and
1: all this, just trying new things and how to learn it and yeah. stay fresh or whatever. But. Yeah.
3: I think all the books apply to that one. New experience. Cuz you have to be willing to experience new things. Yeah. Each book brings a new experience, something you know, stepping out of your comfort zone and
4: yeah.
3: I think all the every every one of the books that we read are going to apply to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I think you're right. Different ways of thinking about things. Mhm.
0: Taking different actions and yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about new experiences earlier, like, you know, all the different things to get you out of worrying.
2: Mm.
0: A lot of those things could be new, right? Taking new different actions, which I guess Dale Carnegie identified that a long time ago.
1: Art of the impossible.
0: I don't think we've read that. Mm-hmm. Did we? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 Art of the impossible. Yeah. That makes sense. New experiences. Uh, number eight was, uh, as as i understood it it kind of you know how sometimes chapters kind of just kind of go mm-hmm. go from one thing to another and you're like did they jump to something new but um as i understood it is um joining a support group so um there's so many different support groups for different things but um like crossings on monday nights has there's a grief support group divorce care support group um you know uh children of alcoholics, um, alcoholics, you know, so many addictions, different things, overcoming codependency, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many different groups. And, um, I remember, um, I used to lead a group on Monday nights there. And one day, uh, nobody showed up and I was just sitting there and I was just gonna sit there and stay there and look at my phone or whatever. <sighs> I took a deep breath and I was like, mm. I'd probably benefit from walking into one of these other support groups and sitting down and learning something and participating, you know, as a participant. I I had been a participant before, but it had been a little while. And uh, so I just kind of was walking through the halls and like literally just looking at the signs and one was on grief. And, uh, I was like, I need to go in there. Cause my, uh, my best friend had committed suicide when I was like, uh, 22, 23. And, um, I was, it was probably five years later, six years later, I started waking up in the middle of the night, just sobbing, just completely just drenched in, in, in tears and uh, thinking for a half a second when I was waking up that he was alive again and I hadn't moved through the grief. I hadn't went through the, the mm-hmm. process. And um, for one reason, or another or, or it's a long story, but I wasn't at the funeral. So, Um, I think it kind of delayed that, and it was just kind of sitting there, and I hadn't dealt with it. And so I sat down, was uh, listening to people share, and, you know, there's different people. Their spouses had committed suicide or friends or, you know, mother, father. You know, it was just the whole gamut. Everybody was sharing, and uh, it got me to start sharing a little bit and kind of realizing it wasn't my fault just from, from talking to other people and then having people kind of reaffirm like, you know, and, and starting to realize that a lot of things that I was going through was actually normal and other people had gone through that too. And so that's a big thing with support groups is you get the support from other people in that, like, you're not alone, you know, and a lot of times we think we're alone and a problem is too big. And then, you know, it, it just, uh, just festers. Mm-hmm. So support groups are important. I was thinking about team of rivals, yeah, yeah. That's
1: in space, man. I mean, they yeah. they both intentionally created a group around them, yeah, for what they wanted to achieve. Yeah, you know, Lincoln did one. You know, what he, he I mean, his team was people that were enemies in some cases, but he was getting mm-hmm. the best mm-hmm. around him. And part of it was to shut off. <laughs> There are ways to kneecap him, but it was also <laughs> a way to get their thinking. Yeah, and spaceman, you know, he he just chose to be around astronauts because he wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah. So if you want to be an astronaut, you'll be around astronauts. And if you want to yeah. be whatever you want to be, you better go be around them. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, surround yourself with that, and it changes your mental model. So yeah. Back to the mental model again. Yeah.
0: Uh, the number. Uh, number nine was taken in inventory. Um, and then 10 was maintenance, but taking inventory, um, that's kind of, you know, looking at all the things, um, you know, past, present and future, as far as like negative and positive things. And, um, especially like in a relationship, like taking inventory of that relationship and what things I need to stay on top of and what things, Mm -hmm. um, you know, some, the they were interviewing some of the couples and one of them was a small contractor. And he was like, yeah. He was like, once I learned about the inventory thing, I started taking inventory on like a lot of people that were working for me. And he said that he judged a lot of people a lot, but then he started taking inventory of like um, kind of the, uh, the talents and abilities that people that under him had Uh, had and everything. And he started realizing that instead of judging everybody and thinking poorly of everybody, he started taking inventory and he started valuing people a lot more and asking for their input. And, um, so, uh, that was, that was an interesting, interesting one. And then number 10 was maintenance. That was what we talked about before, but you can Definitely go through this process and it'll benefit anybody, I think. Um, but then they've talked about like kind of going back through it and skipping around a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's pretty intense, but.
1: I was one thing that went through all of it was extreme ownership.
2: Uh, I was thinking that too, actually. All that is stuff yeah. that
1: you do. Yep. You, have to, do, you yeah. have to do it. You can't let someone else do it.
2: And you can't
0: do it for somebody else either. Too. Right. Right. You're like, oh, my spouse or my child or my mother or father is struggling with all this. So I'm going to like help them through it or do it for them. Like it doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah. Just give them the Jocko podcast. Can- <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Extreme ownership goes throughout. Is- and, and the first step, just like anything, that, you know, you have to get over the denial and and think, okay, yeah, I do have a problem and take ownership of it. And then that's when everything starts from there.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you can't take ownership, then it just kind of
2: just sits there. Yeah. It popped into my head for breaking the addiction cycle is when it first popped into my head, the ownership, you know, that, yeah. that, and I was like, oh, that just kind of does apply to everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And surprisingly, Brene Brown didn't come up throughout here, but I'm sure she does.
2: Yeah. I thought of, I thought you thought, <laughs> you thought of, you thought thought of her. her yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. a lot Taking of Taking inventories probably. Yeah. And a lot of those are like sub themes and a lot of, I mean, I, I haven't yeah. read one yet. That's like the, the step was the title or the purpose of a book, but yeah, a lot of that stuff comes up. Yeah. In her like process of wrangling with emotions. And yeah. so, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, and I hit these bullet points, but, I mean, when they talked about each of these things, I mean, they were talking about it for an hour, so mm-hmm. it, it's not an easy step-by-step process. And yeah. Even them, they're like, you can't do this in a day. It's not mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to bang this out and get over my
2: codependency today, you know. I mean, <laughs> <It's> you just <laughs> move past all my childhood stuff real quick, <laughs> have a nice lunch, <laughs> <then> emotionally <laughs> leave home, <laughs> a little mid, mid-afternoon mid snack. <laughs> We could probably sell a lot of programs
0: that do that, like get over codependency in twenty four hours, nineteen ninety nine program.
3: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's right. (laughs) (laughs) You'd probably sell a lot. (laughs) What what do you think that that title means, right there, to your book?
0: That's a good good question. Um, Love is a choice. So they were talking about like people in strong codependency, a lot of times they have this magical thinking where they, they meet somebody just randomly and they're like, oh, serendipity is meant to be or whatever. And then they just you know fall into this romantic love real quick, get married mm-hmm. real quick. And then they, they start getting resentful because they start to get to know the person and their person is getting to know them. And they're just kind of maybe stuck in this marriage and they don't feel like they have a choice in it, right? Um, and there is no choice in love. You just have to love the person. And, um, a lot of times I I feel like, I mean, it's really for Christians and non-Christians. It doesn't really matter. But I think sometimes Christians use Bible verses and stuff out of context with a lot of things where they just, seriously, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. (laughs) uh, where they just, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but they, uh, supports
1: their mental model,
0: supports their mental model. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever supports their mental cognitive model. cognitive they, bias, they'll, they'll pull those things in and, um, or use things against their, their spouse of like, Oh, it says, you know, the husband's the head. So you gotta listen to me. And then, but they're, they're excluding all the women in the Bible that did, were strong leaders and you know, yeah. had great advice for their husbands. Their husbands didn't listen to it. And it also uh, says,
1: love your wife as, Christ loved the church. Yeah. And, and Christ gave his life for the church. Yeah. So, yeah. are you giving your life as head of the household to your wife? Right. Probably not. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> until I tweaked that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I guess the good way to say it is uh, love is not a feeling, love is a choice. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Y- you can feel love, but ultimately, love is a choice. It's not just a feeling and it's like, I feel like I love you. Love is a verb. And then tomorrow I don't really feel like we're in love anymore. So I want to, I want to do something else. Right. Yeah. It's more, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. And so if you're, if you're choosing to love your, your wife every day, then kind of like in the, your book, Ricky, uh, you're taking actions. Right. And then that's reinforcing that choice. And then at certain times you feel it, right? Um, But certain times you might not feel it because you're having a hard time or they're having a hard time. And, you know, what do kids do? Like almost, you you guys all have kids. Have have your kids ever said, I don't love you or I hate you? You don't love me, yeah. (laughs) Or you don't love me, right? It's because they're not feeling it. You're mean. But you, cho- but you choose <laughs> to love them, right? And you might not feel like you love them in that moment. You might feel like, okay, you don't love me. You don't think I love you. I'll just drop you off at the, you know, wherever, you know. But you don't do that. You take the choice to do the hard things and have the hard conversations. And
3: Yeah, that's love right there. Yeah, you're yeah. choosing
0: right. to love them. You're not doing it just because you feel like you love them. Because odds are you're not feeling it. Right. Yeah. You might be feeling the opposite. Right. You but you're, you're mature enough not to um, or uh, hopefully most of us are yeah. mature mo- most of the time. But I know I've been been not so mature. But, you know, you're mature enough normally to not say, well, I hate you, too. Or, you know, you, you choose to love them and you <laughs> take actions. You know, we, we, we act like kids sometimes, too. But, you know, um, I know I have.
3: Yeah, I too. Yeah, yeah. Have motion emotions. Yeah, you know, I get tired, and you know, yeah, yeah. I just, I think the book's interesting because, um, I never thought about it in relationship to love. You know, codependency is a, yeah, like maybe a product of not being loved. Mm. You know, so, Mm. just very interesting. Yeah, change change the way I think about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm changing my way of thinking about it, too, and my mental model is shifting a little bit, and trying to find areas I can work on. And um, I, I joke around about the denial, but um, when I was a little kid, I was in preschool and I was caught eating dirt. I was taking the dirt, and I was <laughs> <laughs> mm. there was something good, a- there so. was something appetizing about it. And uh I, I Googled it, you know, a few years ago. And apparently there's something in dirt that sometimes kids are malnourished. And not that I was malnourished, but you're mm-hmm. growing a lot. And if you're just eating, you know, kids only eat like like I think when I was a kid, I only liked to eat peanut butter and jelly and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um and so there's sometimes there's a, a vitamin or something that you don't you're not getting. I don't know if it's iron or something. And so if you ever see a kid like like dirt. Sometimes it's, it's for a reason. So anyway, I did it and I got in trouble and I got put on the steps. And to me, the bad kids got put on the steps and I wasn't a bad kid. And it was like really challenging my perception of myself. And it was like, I'm a good kid, but they have me where the bad kids are. Um, because like the kids that were like hitting kids and being bullies and stuff in the schoolyard, they would, you know, get Mm -hmm. put on the steps. And to me, I was just eating dirt, (laughs) but you just did a bad thing. You're not a bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I struggled with was that just because I got a, did a bad thing and was getting punished. I was thinking, well, I'm a bad, I'm i I'm a bad kid. Not that I did a bad thing and I can, Mm -hmm. you know, so like looking back at things like that, I'm like, wow, that was really early on. And so now like being married, if my wife says, Oh, you, you did this, you're wrong. I'm thinking I'm not bad. You know, <laughs> yeah. so you, you you can carry that a, yeah. along mm-hmm. your, your whole mm-hmm. life, and until you like realize, okay, this is where that comes from, and I need to not get so offended just because somebody says I did a bad thing. Yeah, and not
1: you know. yeah, just circling back to the, I thought I was dumb. Yeah, and because I changed, I just made the the choice to. I'm gonna go get this degree. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna climb out of this hole. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna quit smoking. I'm gonna quit drinking. I'm gonna get back in shape. I'm gonna go play football, and all this stuff. Fast forward from there. That was about I don't know what that was, uh, 1995, 96. Yeah, yeah. Fast forward all the way to like 2006. 20 years. Mm. I'm meeting with a vice president at, at the company I work for, and he's and he basically told me he thought. I was just a dumb jock because mm. he didn't know me. But he mm. was seeing me, and he because I'm big and everything yeah. else. Yeah. And I just smiled because I had the confidence. I knew. Yeah. I didn't have that. I had already dealt with. I didn't know I dealt with it really. Yeah. Till now, really looking back on it. Yeah. That I'd already dealt with that. Mm. That I'm dumb. I'm. I can't be a doctor. I'm a football player. <laughs> you know, I play football. <laughs> I'd already dealt with that. So when he said that, it didn't. It didn't hurt. Uh it just made me laugh. It was like, yeah, I got one over on you.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: You made a judgment. You were wrong. I'm glad you admit it. Yeah. yeah. So and I never realized all
0: that until right now. Yeah. Wow. Talking through it. Wow. Yeah. Well, for the record, I've never seen you that way as a well, thank dumb you. football player. Or yeah. something like that. I appreciate it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> More like a, a that slim, would be ludicrous. <laughs> a, a smart, successful guy that happened to play football. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. So, any closing final thoughts? No.
1: Smash that one out of the park. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. For a marathon good. on this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was marathon.
0: good.
2: Yeah, long good one. stuff. let just kind of declare this week and. You know, make sure you're declaring good things and yeah, decla- make sure for everyone listening, is good.
1: challenge your mental model.
2: Yeah,
1: what yeah. is your mental model? Challenge it. What do you need yeah. to do to get to where you want to be? Envision yourself yeah. what you want, what mm-hmm. you want to be. Who do you want to be? Yeah, yeah, and how do you change your mental model? How are you going to change those yeah. things that are kind of influencing that and realize it's up to you? Yeah, and then I then mean, if you're listening to the podcast, show. that's a step. I mean it really is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're we're basic, we're new, whatever. But this is one. I mean, yeah. go go get something else. Go get yeah. somebody else.
0: Go find a book. Go do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: We got tons of books on here that yeah you you know Chris has given. So yeah. I'm get a, on the journey.
0: I'm gonna give the next four books. Uh number twelve is uh power of consistency, written by somebody that has spent many years in jail. And very powerful book. And what was he doing when he was in jail? Just like we were talking about earlier, mm. he was reading. Being <laughs> consistent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, the 10X rule is right after that by Grant Cardone. Um, mm-hmm. He's a little out there, but he's, he's yeah. definitely 10X. <laughs> yeah. uh, leadership and self-deception, uh, yeah, overcoming denial, basically. Um, but there's a lot more to it than just that. And then number 15 is uh, the power of the other. Um, that was a really good book. I think that's uh, Dr. Henry Cloud. But well, thank you for uh, joining us today. We really appreciate you listening. And um, we now have a support uh, button or whatever. If you go to mm-hmm. Anchor, that's right, um, yeah. if you want to support the channel, you can support a dollar a month or five dollars a month or ten dollars a month. Um, but um, certainly not required. But yeah. just something on there to help us make the podcast better over time.
2: New microphones. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that, that, that's our next next thing. Yeah, that's probably gonna happen regardless. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh shout out to Derek. Derek's the one that's been footing the bill on all this. Uh, oh cameras and mics and everything. And so yeah. 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 So any any dollars at this point right now goes goes towards the uh, microphones, etc. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Help us get the word out.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. And you guys have a great week all right yeah see ya see ya see See (laughs) y'all
2: cool good
0: job guys